Welcome to St. Augustine this evening. No, this is not Troy Blevins' wardrobe. This is actually one of my shirts that I got from Solar Stick, and I'll explain why I'm pandering in just a minute. Welcome to Thursday's Mike Davis Show. I uh, got a great guest for you today. Uh, uh, really lively conversation, I promise you that, because I picked the conversation, um, and, and I'm going to throw a grenade and duck. Um, and then we also have Amanda. Say hello, Amanda. Hello, everybody. Mike's going to get me in trouble today. I am, so I got dressed up. Listen, I got in trouble yesterday. I told you the one topic we talked about that Bobby and um, uh, is his favorite, uh, Barbara Jean, their yes. favorite topic, right? Yes. That's always the topic we're talking about when Darcy tunes in, so I always get in trouble. Yeah. So thank you. Barbara Jean and Bobby for once again getting me in trouble with my wife. All right, before we do anything else and before I introduce this amazing guest that we have with us, we got to do a few ads so we can make a little bit of money. So uh, Ward Medical Services, they're the only family-owned medical equipment supplier in the St. John's County area, trusted by doctors and hospitals for over 22 years. Ward Medical should be your first call for everything from wheelchairs to home oxygen, sleep therapy equipment and supplies. Stop by their showroom at 2435 U. US 1 South in the Lewis Point Plaza. You can also call them at 794-9600 Monday through Friday from 9 to 5. World Earl Ward leaves early so he can catch the show. And all of their stuff is from their home to yours, Ward Medical Services. I have A. Bear Kresge and Associates. They are the only local full-service CPA that we endorse here at the Mike Davis Show. They are staffed with a team of skilled professionals dedicated to providing top-level service in the areas of tax compliance, planning for businesses, individuals, estates and trusts, audits, reviews, and other accounting services, business valuations, forensic analysis, and litigation support. You can reach them at 904-460-0747 or online at com, and if you file that extension give them a call so they can help you out and get those taxes in i also have a to z they offer free estimates and have been serving st john's county for over 20 years in the construction industry a to z offers painted metal roofs for saltwater area homes with warranties for up to 25 years they offer <laughs> shingle roofs with warranties for up to 50 years a to z also offers tile roofing, cedar shake shingles, designer roofing, and flat roof coverings. I got them ahead of myself. I thought I was at the cedar shake shingles part, and I was not. So I tripped myself up. Recent job photos with material descriptions can be seen at A to Z Roofing and Waterproofing.com. Give Chuck McCone a call. All right, and to prove that I still am shamelessly pandering. <laughs> SolarStick, established in 2006. SolarStick is a local portable power company. Proudly committed to American manufacturing, constant innovation, and creating jobs right here in St. Augustine, Florida. Solar Sticks focus on providing solutions for self-sufficiency, helps users all over the world complete missions and save lives. Solar Stick, changing lives, saving lives, and reviving American manufacturing right here in the nation's oldest city. And introducing our guest today, Dr. Stephanie Hall, who is the president, CEO, and the big wig on Solar Stick. <laughs> Woo! Pete Melfi is jealous somewhere because he got over-pandered to. Yes. I feel like you need to run through a sign or something. Like where's my standing up? Right. Yeah. I, well done, and welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Um, Thank you for remembering to refer to me at my party. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you have titles. Um, <laughs> I do have a few. <laughs> have a few titles. And so give us a quickly the Solar Stick update. We have all kinds of great stuff to talk about, and I do promise you the conversation will be fun today. Yeah. So yeah. Solar Stick, it, it, 
mind-blowing. We have an amazing team of, I think we're up right at 50 team members now, Ooh, which is amazing. You that's remember awesome. Back in the day. I remember was, Brian in a shed by himself. It was, it was Brian and then me by default because yeah. the wife always gets roped into these yeah, great he, ideas. He had just fired Doc Brown and he was going to finish working <laughs> on the flux capacitor yes. whenever I met him. Mm. Yes. And we finally finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, now we are about 50 people strong. Amazing. We're in our new building built by... A.D. Davis Construction. Oh, wow. I hear those guys are awesome. They are fantastic. Completed yeah. a building on time during the pandemic, no Look less. Look at that. Yes. No one knew we were working. It was awesome. <laughs> it was fantastic. It, it was great. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing great. We have an amazing team of engineers and production staff. We're bringing in our summer engineering interns, which is always mm-hmm. great. Um, we're actually doing a lot of hiring. So if anybody's interested, check out our website. We've got some positions open that we're looking for. Solarstick.com. Solarstick.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a there should be a careers button and information on what we're looking for. So if uh, if you're motivated and interesting. And that's where I got this really cool shirt. Yeah, because you so sponsor. Every year we raise money for the uh, Multiple Sclerosis Society. Uh, mm-hmm. That is our charity of choice um and we raise tens of thousands of dollars every year it's a great charity it's nationwide but the money we raise here locally helps the stays in northeast florida and and helps people and my son reese is desperately jealous for this shirt oh these are cool i know reese is like oh my dad i love that shirt you make a decent donation you get it well i I, you you gave us a large and a medium and i brought him he says dad i can't wear medium anymore which tells you he's growing up, right? <laughs> <laughs> or out. Um, and then, uh, so his wife has the uh, has the medium. Oh, fantastic! So I may I may match him up with it. This is yeah. truly, if you looked at this shirt, you would go Mike Davis or Reese Davis. <laughs> so yeah, yeah you kind of. But I love the shirt. I love I, it. I know somebody. I might be able to to get him a, a shirt as well. I love the shirt. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, but we're doing great. You know, we um, last fall, well. Over the past few months, we finished up a huge order that went to Ukraine Mm -hmm. to help the Ukrainians um, power various uh, appliances uh, during the war since Russia keeps turning their power off. So we came up with a solution pretty quickly and got them out in the field. And we're getting great feedback um, from the field that they are loving the systems we sent. They are helping things that we take for granted here in the States, like being able to recharge your cell phone whenever Mm -hmm. you need and having a phone so that you can call and say, hey, there's a bomb right next door I need to tell you about. Don't we're, come this way. We're under attack. The Russians are coming. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's been really great because our team gets to see how what they do here locally is directly impacting. When we say we save lives, mm-hmm. it's easy to say, but when we get the reports from uh, places all over the world and they say, here's how the equipment saved our lives and and allowed the radar to send out a signal or do whatever it did the the team really realizes how important and and what they're doing really impacts um places all over the world Mm -hmm. um so it's exciting we're we have such an amazing group of people and uh every time we bring on a new team member it just raises our our game even even more they're gonna not have need for me pretty soon (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe that (laughs) somebody's got to keep those kids in line oh man they are they are they're all young kids i'm old enough to be many of them their mothers and that's (laughs) that's really tough yes but it, you know how that feels. I know exactly. Well, not the mother part. Yeah, I'm old enough to be their dad. Dads, exactly. Yes, or in some cases, their granddad. When you go kids, they, they which is even worse. 
Yeah, the granddad. They're amazing. They're smart. They're moving and shaking and doing lots of good stuff. Well, we are so glad you're in St. Augustine. You're a huge partner with a lot of different organizations in St. Augustine and, and, you know, a great example of a company that is doing well and giving back at the same time, plus giving jobs to a lot of people in the West. I mean, you're over in West Augustine, which is fantastic. Yeah. Right? We, and, and we really, that's one thing. I mean, we, we take pride in how much impact we have globally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in America as a whole, as you know, American manufacturing is something we feel strongly about. But beyond that, we have fallen in love with St. Augustine and really made it, Brian and I made it part of our mission um, to just do whatever we can to make the biggest impact. And a lot of that is bringing in amazing people to the city to raise their families, mm-hmm. go to the schools, you know, go to the churches and everything and, and bring great people here um, and then provide locals jobs, too. We uh, recently hired a couple of people that were commuting all the way up to Jacksonville every day to work. Now they have a great job that they love here in St. Augustine. They don't have to spend all that time and gas money. Look at you, saving the environment at the same time. That's right. Yes. (laughs) That carbon footprint. That carbon footprint just got smaller for people working in Jacksonville. Get my little green star. Yes. (laughs) All right. Amanda, any questions? Uh, I I lived in West Augustine for 13 years, and I remember when you guys moved into that building, and that building had just been dilapidated, and there were just, you know, homeless people camping out in front of it for the longest time. And so it really did change the feel of our drive home when that building was renovated, and it changed that whole area once you guys were in and once that building was no longer in disrepair and it was a thriving business. Then there was a snowball effect, and I saw that just living over in that area. So it definitely brightened my day before well, I even knew you. you. That <laughs> means a lot. And really, it is neat because the first art, the shed that mm-hmm. Brian rented when he had this great business idea, we started renting that in 2004. And it was, I mean, the termites were holding hands trying to hold the floorboards <laughs> up. It was. It yeah. was that is rough. true. I saw the termites holding hands. Yeah, it, yes. it was rough. Um, and, uh, but then we slowly, you know, we just made it work and we kept, being able to expand within that little footprint and then you know in 2013 when we were able to take over the 226 building which sits next to Buena Onda a fantastic restaurant um, and Sailors Exchange Mm -hmm. and that little area and we with A.D. Davis Constructions (laughs) help renovated that building brought it back to life and that really in those you know 10 years you started to see businesses that were not in existence, buildings that were shuttered up, start to open. And, you know, I I take a decent amount of credit for that because somebody had to go first, right? Somebody had to be like, I'm going to be brave and spend a ton of money to build up this building that's in the middle of a disaster of a neighborhood Mm -hmm. that hasn't seen love in a while. And before you know it, you know, some of the other buildings that were emptied, we now have Bog, which is a great little local pub and brewery that's doing really well and Mm -hmm. we have some great little eateries that are all in walking distance and um the place across the street the 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 building across the street now i think all of the the little uh storefronts are full Mm -hmm. um and most recently if you've been driving down the west king street and wondered what is that big beige building back along the uh railroad back there Mm -hmm. behind bog and and that area that's our new facility that ad davis built so we bought an old property that literally had a lot of the urban campers mm-hmm. hanging out, and 
you know, drug paraphernalia and just mm -hmm. nothing good. It, yeah. it did not look good. Able to buy that property, develop it, put our new, you know, 20,000 square foot building back there. So we were able to stay in West Augustine, mm -hmm. um, which means a lot to Brian and I to be able to contribute more and more to the city directly yeah. in a way like that. And also just to see the effect it has throughout the whole neighborhood now. Mm -hmm. It's really neat. Yeah, it really was for us. I mean, I bought there when Louie and I were getting married, and my parents were in the panhandle, and they lived in this lovely little, like, tennis and golf town, and right. everything's cute. And I was like, well, I found property, and we can afford it, and, you know, it's a new construction neighborhood, and I'll drive you by there. And the, the commute wasn't one that inspired my parents yeah. <laughs> to be really excited about the process. Had they lost faith in you? They had not, but they were like, um... Hmm. So let's have a conversation about property values and the neighborhood that you're going to live in. Like, well, you know, the neighborhood's going to be nice. Yeah. We can lock our doors. Yeah. So but that whole area it is like, changed a lot. It really has. It's and, really, and it's neat to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that uh, once they finish, uh, the West Augustine group um, finishes the clinic with Flagler Hospital. That's going to radically change the entire West Augustine area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I look at that as, as a as a big thing. All right, Solar Stick update. Yes. We're good with that. We're good. All right, so we have three okay. topics to get to before we get to a really fun topic. Okay. All right, so we got Tucker, mm -hmm. we got Jerry Springer, and we got an oil tanker. Where do you guys want to go first? I, I feel like we've got to go Jerry Springer first, man. You want to go Jerry Springer first? That's fine. Do I need to throw the chair now? No, 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 okay. no. I've got this. <laughs> I've been thinking about this right. since I've heard the news. Okay. Pete Melfi, the results are in, <laughs> and the morning show is a spinoff of Uncommon Ground. Oh. He's watching. I know. I know. <laughs> so, does that mean you were the daddy? Uh, she'll have to figure that out between Troy and I, but I figured I'd show that out in Jerry Springer fashion, and right now, Pete is throwing a chair. Did you let Troy know that these results were coming in? Is that why he's out of town That's right That's why now? he's out of town. He did not want to be associated with this in any way, shape, or form. Not be contacted. And in all honesty, uh, we have had this debate for a long time between the three of us. Uh, Pete did have his own Swip Swap show long before uh, Uncommon Ground. Okay. However, I don't know that anyone knew Pete had the Swip Swap show before Uncommon Ground. But Rude. I know. <laughs> it, it is a, it has been very fun. To give Pete a hard time about that over the years, especially as he continues to be ultra successful in the of course. social media enterprise that he's in, and hopefully he gets a, a, a good weekend. But anyway, Pete, results are in. Just thought you know. Jerry Springer sent that from the grave. Uh, and he, I never was a big. I was never a big Springer fan. I he always made me mad because I started traveling internationally in high school, and that was in the nineties, and I would meet somebody in germany and it would be like oh yeah we know what america's like and they'd kind of roll their eyes <laughs> and what do you mean like is everybody like the jerry springer show no i know no one like that like that is not so i was angry with the man most of my life because like I felt like he projected a bad image of Americans out into did, the world. Did not represent us no. in the most flattering light. No, that would be an understatement. And I wondered where he kept finding that many people. I mean, he had, I, you have to comb the depths of everything to find that. So, yes. I think YouTube, TikTok, and social media in general has proven that they will find you. 
Yes. If you have a camera, they <laughs> will find you. Out there willing to air <laughs> dirty laundry in front of as many people as possible. But he did that before the era of TikTok. I, I mean, now the, the producers could just sit there and watch TikTok all day long ago. We found just 75 people that could possibly be on the show. Well, do you remember the old police sting news broadcasts where it'd be like the Baltimore police invited a thousand people yeah. on their, you know, list of wanted felons for free Super Bowl tickets mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all showed up and were immediately arrested once they got inside the stadium. So, I mean, yeah. You send out a notice to the right list. They're showing up. Yeah, I, I, did, I was just never a fan of his. I just, I didn't, I thought he took the Phil Donahue show and took it so far to an extreme. Mm-hmm. And that's what people wanted to see. They just wanted to see the craziness every day. Yeah. And he gave them the craziness every single day. Well, I mean, he didn't I hold mean, back. You could argue he's kind of the precursor of a lot of the reality TV yeah. garbage that's out there now. I agree. Yeah, Fox News and MSNBC and CNN and <laughs> I mean, all of those. No, it just, it just, it, it's amazing to me that he had the career he had doing what he did. Mm-hmm. And he, ha- he made, a, made a pile of money. Melissa so. just reminded me that he had a scandal because he wrote a check to a prostitute. So he got busted for visiting prostitutes because he wrote them checks. <laughs> Before Jesse Smollett. Writing checks for criminal behavior was Jerry Springer. He was just a man before his time in so many ways. You know what? That's a great observation. I think he was. He would fit right in these days. They'd be like, oh, is it just a prostitute? Yeah. Yeah. So basically you're saying that Smollett did not learn from Springer. He didn't Cash only. He did not learn from Springer's yeah. mistake. Unmarked small bills, cash only. Yeah. The signed check gets you every time. Uh, I, I know. I know. Pay you to <laughs> yes. commit fraud. I'm sure, uh, yeah. I'm sure he wrote that in there. Right. He might have. The memo is paying you to kick my rear end. Right. Yes. Yeah. Don't forget to say. <laughs> he was trying to save the expense of a CPA, so he just wanted to be really clear. He wanted to make sure for his IRS records yeah. that it was coded yeah. properly. Exactly. The fact that Barbara Jean knows that there's jerry beads uh, makes me a little bit nervous. Jerry beads. What is a jerry I don't even know what a jerry bead is. I don't know if oh. I want to know. Not a, I don't. I don't know that I'm old enough to know. Barbara Jean, you are the reason why my search history goes off the rails, girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm sure, my ears can take <laughs> knowing what that is. Jerry Beads meaning is the second suggestion. I just wanted to talk about Jerry Springer so I could do the results are in. That's the only reason I wanted to do it. So, and I got to do that. You guys were awesome. Um, oh so, no! What? One of the ways that he would like get the crowd. I guess his crowd would flash him, and he would throw out beads like oh, Mardi Gras. Oh, beads! And Earned so beads that way, okay. when women started flashing him, he started rewarding mm. them with beads, and then it became a very common thing. Mm. That's have why. you ever earned beads? No, I have not. I no, have never. No, earned I have not. Beads. And I refuse to ask either of you to the question because my wife is listening. <laughs> I have never. Dad, earned don't beads. answer it. I want everyone <laughs> in St. Augustine to know. I have never earned beads. <laughs> I will stay mum. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, Tucker Carlson yes. and the oil tanker. Where do you guys want to go next? Let's go right down the tunnel into Tucker. Tucker. Okay. So, we all watched. Uh, Tucker finally had a statement on Rumble, mm-hmm. which I, I thought was a really uh, good statement. Yeah. I personally think Tucker's going to land on his feet, and he's going to be Absolutely. fine. Um, he has a huge following. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tapped into a segment of the country that no longer believes anything that's said on the left or the right. Mm-hmm. That segment is growing mm-hmm. because what's been said on the left and the right is just becoming more and more ridiculous. And so I think Tucker t- is tapping into that. And I think Tucker, uh, will la- he's going to make somebody rich mm-hmm. wherever he lands. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think he'll be yeah. absolutely fine because yeah. 
he clearly had a show that drew people to that network that maybe previously weren't watching that network. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a clear following. He wasn't just another kind of plug-in talking head that... Yes. You know, so I, I, he'll be fine. And, and I think when he left, he was still very well-respected. Mm-hmm. I look at like a Glenn Beck, when they got rid of a Glenn Beck. He right? was still very well-respected. He, but he, he was ca- able to parlay that into the first, like... Alt media Blaze TV platform. I, I get, but I always felt so, like Glenn was kind of got a little goofier as he got mm-hmm. deeper into his shows. Where I felt like Tucker got better. When I saw Tucker on CNN, I did not like Tucker Carlson at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not watching that guy. When he first came to Fox, I had him on like the hiatus for like a year, year and a half because we're still trying to get rid of the CNN effect of mm-hmm. him. Um, but I, the more I watched, I was like, okay, this guy's getting better. He's getting tougher questions, better questions. But I kind of felt like Glenn Beck was going off the rails when he left. Bill O'Reilly was at the top, pretty much top of his game when he left, right? And but he had a he scandal. Left under he left under very, very different. And when Megyn Kelly left, she left because she had alienated all of her audience at Fox. Yeah. I mean, when she went after Trump multiple times, it's like, hey, have you noticed that people are watching this channel because this is where they see Trump? And you're going. And she's been very interesting to watch her slowly make a comeback in conservative circles. Well, I think that she wouldn't have been as harmed by leaving because I think she had a certain following. She wouldn't have been as harmed had she not jumped to who Fox News viewers would consider as the enemy. And so it was like, yeah. okay, she made people mad, but they were still kind of on the fence about her. And then she, it looked like she jumped to the other side and confirmed all your worst suspicions about her but she's had a very successful podcast career that she's that she's working and she's as famous as she wants to be it sounds like at Mm -hmm. this point and so she's found a good work-life balance so i love that for her yeah um i think i think so too but i tucker i think will do well i don't know where he lands i don't know if he'd start something on rumble if he starts his own thing um but i think he's he's got a huge fine if he goes to one of the other what I call the the micro conservative networks, uh, One America News or um, Newsmax, Newsmax yeah. it immediately elevates that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and and believe me, there's people looking for conservative content now because they've dropped Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fox's ratings are down quite a bit. They were pulling two three million people a night. I think it was one point seven. And Hannity has now been affected by this because the people are like I ain't, I'm not watching any of this. I'm just turning yeah. it off. So I'll be curious, is it one of those boycotts that sticks? Is it something that they drift back to? You know, a lot of, I think a lot of people in media or people that are personalities like, look, uh, under the Donald Trump rules, all publicity is good. Mm-hmm. And people forget after four or five weeks or six weeks or eight weeks and they come back to them. So I'll be curious to see uh, if they go back to Fox in about a month. month so far, the Bud Light situation has kind of proven that all headlines are not necessarily good headlines. Because Bud Light's down 17% in overall sales still for a month. They've tweeted one time since the fecal matter has hit the fan. And they got horribly ratioed on social media, just dragged. And so, whereas they used to tweet multiple times a day, they've been quiet for almost a month. Wow. Because they can't speak. Well, and I think they're trying to hope that it blows over. I, I look at, for me... If it sticks, it runs through uh, Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. which is a three-day weekend, and then the entire 4th of July week, which there's a lot of parties. If their sales are down dramatically during those two weeks, it ain't over. 
Right. That, and, and that's kind of the whole, you know, how bad will that be and how many other brands in the Budweiser family will that affect? But it also seems to be snowballing mm-hmm. because it's not just Bud Light who tapped this particular human as a spokesperson. And now there's been one call for a boycott after another call mm-hmm. after another. And we're going in towards June, which is Pride Month and corporations have over the last few years gotten invested heavily real in hard yes. in Pride Month endorsements. So I'm curious to see what this means for those kinds of campaigns. Mm-hmm. Are companies going to be a little more chill with those kinds of campaigns mm-hmm. now that they're seeing all this negative backlash and it's actually hitting wallets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Well, it'll be interesting to see for sure. All right. On another note, uh, the Iranian Navy today seized a tanker bound for the United States. A uh, little bit confusing on reading some of the different articles as how it was flagged, whether it was a U.S. tanker or a tanker carrying U.S. oil and which country. Uh, but the Iranian Navy has seized it. So I will only say this. The Iranians are very fortunate that Trump is not in office because he had a policy for all of this. Bomb the hell out of them. <laughs> right? that's, so I, I don't think the Iranians have to worry about that. The thing with Trump is I think everyone felt like he was just crazy enough to do it. Yeah. And so oh, I yeah. don't want to risk it. I don't think that's the current attitude about no. the administration no. in power no. now. I don't think that fear of uh, retaliation or yeah. fear of he just might follow through. Like I'm all about Definitely not there with current administration. Proper behavior and good mm-hmm. manners and diplomacy, but I do prefer my leader to be the one that everyone's afraid will do something afraid of i'm okay with that it's how your parents kept you in line right you were just right? afraid enough that, yeah yeah i 100 percent agree with that right they didn't know he was unpredictable they didn't have a book on him um they didn't have all the dirt on him that they thought they had because he was so unpredictable and i think some of these foreign leaders are like i'm not messing around with this guy because he might actually do what he says he's going to do mm-hmm. and i would be better not to um so I'll be very curious to see how that uh, rolls out over the next couple of days and, and what happens with that. Um, believe me, if the Iranians get paid in any way, shape, or form, this will not be the last tanker mm-hmm. that they take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very yeah. true. So this would just be the beginning. All right, so here's the topic that I, I really brought you guys to talk about today. Yeah. So I found <laughs> this article the other day. You are both very strong, um, positive women. Uh, you've been both been very successful, Right. But there's a growing movement that is driving people on the left mad. They're, I mean, they're starting to notice. Going. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Amanda knows. Amanda knows. Which it's, makes it even funnier yeah. that I wore a dress and put on makeup today. <laughs> yes, it does. It 100% does. I walked in and I went, this is so cool. All right. So the, the thing that's driving them crazy is you have a lot of younger women who are beginning to post about being trad wives. So do you know what a trad wife is? I do not. Okay, so I knew Steph would not know, and that's why I purposely didn't tell you when I asked you about this. She lives a happy, successful life on a boat in the island. I've been working really and not paying attention to this garbage. Well, no, this is, is, well, it might or might not be. I'll be very curious to get your opinion, right? Because I'm a guy, I really, I mean, I have thoughts on this, but yeah. I've always identified you as. Yes, Esty Williams is 25. (laughs) She's one of the uh, people that posts online about this traditional wife role model. Mm-hmm. So these are women that are foregoing college, they're foregoing a career, they're getting married, and all they want to do is be the housewife. Well, not necessarily college. 
Yes, that is true. The trad wife movement isn't just like ignorant, barefoot, and pregnant. It's you can be an accomplished woman, but you choose to embody more traditional roles. Hmm. So you choose to be more the stay-at-home. Oh, so trad, short for traditional. Traditional, yes, yes, yes. So you choose to be the stay-at-home mom, and you run your household, and you mm-hmm. raise your kids over seeking career, career first and, and shoehorning right. everything else in. And they get dressed up for their husbands when their husband comes home. They do all the housework. They do all the cooking. It, it's Isn't more of the... I, what good wives do. I, I would say it's kind of like a <laughs> 1950s... Wow, I didn't expect you to go there. Kind of like a 1950s version, 40s, 50s version of how men and women lived at that time. Yeah. right? Yeah. I, and and f- to tell everybody you know, uh, Darcy and I have had a whole variety of, of ways that we have lived together, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we both worked when we first got married. We had kids. Darcy was home until the kids were all in school. Then she went back to teaching. She was at the school where our kids were, were uh, in school, teaching there. And, and then uh, whenever the last kid was out of high school, she, she quit and came back home. Now she's doing a ton of stuff with church and other things. And mm-hmm. so it's been a very interesting, we've kind of been all over the map in, in different things. But so anyway, I thought some of these, uh, Williams had a couple of things that rules that she went by. Yeah. And this is what I wanted y'all's opinion on. Okay. The rules that she lived by. Uh, no opposite sex friendships. We're not friends, none of us, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so what well, do you guys- the Mike Pence rule. It is, okay. So that was the Mike Pence rule that he got mm-hmm. blasted about when he was mm-hmm. first elected vice president. And that's he didn't go to business meetings or private meetings with members of the opposite sex alone. Alone, right. And so it's not that he would never go on these meetings, but he would just never go alone. Mm-hmm. And so women lost their ever-loving mind about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's denying them of opportunities because only when you're seated with someone alone are you ever oper- offered an opportunity, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, but then the Me Too movement came up, and it was like, so maybe that Mike Pence rule is not looking so bad, <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, I I mean, the, the no opposite sex alone in the room, like, that's always been a doctor standard, by the way. Yeah. Like, when you're a physician, and, you, you know, if you're a male physician yeah. taking care of a female patient, you know, there's another person in the room for just common sense. Yeah. And I actually, I know several more successful men who have to worry about false claims and mm-hmm. things like that really impact, that they made a decision that, you know, it's just not worth the visual doesn't yeah. matter. The perception is what gets yeah. ruled on, and it doesn't matter if your spouse trusts you. It's not about that. It's about it. It creates an opportunity that is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It creates a perception that's unnecessary, and you know, I I don't necessarily think that's a hard, strong rule for me or my husband. But I understand why men yeah. opt to do it, and and really in this day and age, especially with crazy accusations that get ruled as For must sure. be true if somebody made the accusation. I, I don't blame people. And I've had plenty of men that pretended that they could be platonic and then, mm-hmm. you know, next thing I know, I'm like, wait, wait, wait why, why are yeah. you kissing me? Where's this is supposed <laughs> to be platonic thing. Yeah. But med school was a different time. <laughs> it wasn't the what year? The nineties? It was pre uh, social media and pre camera phones, so nothing ever happened. Ever. Nothing ever happened. Everyone ever. was innocent. We you were very always, trad. <laughs> we always followed all the rules. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't tell you how many friendships I thought were just friendships, right? And like, 
I might have even had crushes on guys, but like we're friends, we're and friends. so whatever. And then his tongue is in and your then, ear, and you're like, what? or you hear about later, like I wanted to date you. What do you mean you had a crush on me? And it's like, well, then don't be a coward, loser. Exactly. Like, well, ask me out. Exactly. Like, I would have said yes, but exactly. you didn't. Or automatically, if you're if you're hanging out with a guy, then you must be yeah. together and sleeping with him. Yeah, men and women can't be friends. But as far as the rule now as a married woman, I think it's a case-by-case basis. There are some guys that I have zero problem Mm -hmm. being alone with, and that's a comfort thing that I have, and my husband and I agree with that. But there are some guys I would never be alone with. Mm -hmm. And that's not because he tells me not to. It's because I would never be alone with that person. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what are some of the other rules? All right, so the other one is they go to the gym together. Oh, no, no. My husband is a terrible gym. Nobody at the gym pays attention to anybody. They're all on their phones, right? They're all listening to whatever. Yeah, I don't. I mean, no, no. I I tried to, no. We tried to work out together a couple times through the years. It just didn't work. We we like working out differently. And it's not a husband-wife thing. It's just like, go find your own. If Darcy and I went to the gym together, I would be completely distracted by Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, I would be completely distracted by Darcy. And that's, so. I mean, that's, that's part a of like. thing. Like. <laughs> I'm just telling you. My husband and I, when we were first married, we would try and work out together. And then I would be checking him out. He would be checking me out. And like, we're not getting our work done. We're just distracted. And then as we got older and less distractible, I guess, <laughs> like, we just work out different. I prefer yeah. working out in some ways that he doesn't. Same for him, and that's fine. And that's good. Like, if you guys are great working out together, fantastic, but I don't care. Like, no. go do your thing. So the other is they share locations, and, and uh, she doesn't leave the home alone after dark. Which is kind of, we touched a little bit on that. The share locations thing, I know a lot of people that do that. I know a lot of families that do that. I've got a friend who his phone will ding periodically throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And I have now, after years of being his friend, realized that means his wife is either home or at work, right? They've got it set up to ding to let them know they're at home and at work. And I, that works for them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to track anybody else. I just, that's just not in my DNA. It's just not something I want to do. I don't need to know that. No. Yeah. I think if you're in a relationship where you feel the need to track the other person, not for any reason mm-hmm. other than just a safety issue, um, that's just a little bit of a red flag. I, it just, I, it it's makes just a little weird. It makes me a little nervous. Yeah. So, like, I have no problem if you share your location with someone. Mm-hmm. And if that's something that you do with your relationship, I have a problem if you're constantly checking it. Yeah, like, that's the problem for me. Requirement, like, like, make sure you turn on your Find Me app for But me, I think know, that's like, also an age thing. I mean, I'm 40, and that just seems super weird to me. I was talking to my daughter today. Like, I learned to drive when there weren't cell phones. And mm-hmm. when I drove away, like, it was just in the hands of God whether I came back. Right. Like, my parents had yeah, no idea. Yeah, I've seen you driving. It literally was. <laughs> for, for sure. For real. And so, like, that just wasn't in our periphery. Mm-hmm. But the kids that are just getting married now in their 20s, like, they've lived with the ability to be tracked all their life. So that might be part of their mindset. I, guess. I don't get it. I guess it depends on... Whose idea? I, I, yeah, I couldn't do all that. Now, I will say this. Our daughter worked downtown when she was in high school, and we would have her call because it was about two blocks from the restaurant she worked, and sometimes she'd get off work at 11 or 12 or 1, and she would talk to us the entire time till she got to the car. I would love to have had that 
for that period of time to make sure she was okay, mm-hmm. right? But that's the well, only, that's and that, but and that's really that issue. Other than that, I didn't want to know where she was. Because yeah. then she would have been grounded a whole lot more. <laughs> and I felt like she should go through everything that we went through and have to get caught just like we did. So, But like yes. my, my brother just got married and he and his wife have their location shared. And they shared with us and they thought it was weird that we didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we got married almost 20 years ago. That wasn't an option. And so it's thing, not yeah. within our mind. But they got married now. And they had got iPhones together, and so, oh, so we're, we're going to yeah. share our locations sure. together. And that's just, it's not weird to them, but I was like, you're going to have to turn it on. I don't know how. So I don't even know how to check it. <laughs> completely off the track of this story with the Tradwise, one of our sons came home. He was supposed to be in a certain location. He came home the next morning, and he had a notice on his car from Marsh Creek. He wasn't supposed to be in Marsh Creek. And it said, you know, you've illegally parked your car, and here's the Marsh Creek number and everything, right? Don't do this again. So he parks, comes inside the house. Darcy goes out the next morning to get the paper, and there's the note. She pulls it off the car. (laughs) Completely busted. He never knew how we knew. It was like a year later, and he was still asking, you drove home with this on the car. So my uh, mom, he did completely deserved to get busted my for that. My mom told me a story about their friends who had twins who were a little younger than me. And so at that point, there were, I guess, tracking like little transponders that you could buy. And so the two, early 2000s, I guess. And so they hid it on their twins' cars when they bought them cars. Oh, wow. And they would always bust their kids whenever they were someplace that they weren't supposed to. And the kids never knew how they funny. always knew. It was like, man, parents my parents are good. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, so here's one I really am curious for y'all's reaction. According to Miss Williams, who lives the trad wife mm-hmm. lifestyle, uh, he, her husband, always has the final say. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see how hard you guys would laugh at that. <laughs> even Brian would laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would have laughed harder. Louis would have laughed harder. I have laughed. I mean, I, Darcy and I have always had a lot of good conversations. We've rarely ever fought in the 30-plus years that we've been married. And a lot of, we'll talk things out. We'll figure it out. Sometimes she's like, hey, I want to do this. I was like, okay, I'll go along with that. And sometimes I'm like, hey, I'd rather do it this way. But it's really been a, a joint decision on that. And I really enjoyed that part of our relationship yeah. as opposed to being the one you're like, oh, I made the decision. Well, you're also going to be the one at fault for everything that happens that's right. wrong. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you guys are partners, and, and that's just how Brian and I structured our relationship from early on is – as a partnership, I mean, mm-hmm. we were there was no person above the other person. It was just equal, and it. But it takes two to debate those things, and I, I certainly know plenty of people that are in relationships where they're happy to be the one controlled, and the other person is comfortable being mm-hmm. the controller. Yeah, you know. But I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be his mother. I don't want to be as, you know, mm-hmm. we're partners, and that's yeah. what that's what we started our relationship based in so if it works for you i guess but i'd have a that that would not work for me yeah i have a follow-up question for this lady how long have you been married (laughs) (laughs) well she's 25 not long yeah she's a kid there are times when i mean my husband and i we talk everything through and everything is a discussion where we get on the same page about everything sometimes that means he gets his way and sometimes that means I get my way. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just that's just life. I exactly. mean, that's a partnership. 
That's that whole adulting thing. She'll figure well, that out eventually. Mm-hmm. She'll eventually get there. Give it time. She'll get there. All right, so the other one, the last one, uh, she does her dress and the style of her hair the way he enjoys. Mm. Well, now I think some of that, she's probably taking it a little to the extreme because it almost sounds like she's asking permission to, like, what yeah. would you like my hair? Yep. But now, in all honesty, and I think even Marcy would, would agree with this, I mean, I I don't ask Brian's opinion or permission for how I keep my hair, mm-hmm. but I do take into consideration what he prefers. Yeah, for sure. You know, because I want to look nice for mm-hmm. him, because I want to be attractive for him, because I married him. And so, mm-hmm. same, vice versa. I yeah. mean, if he wants to grow a beard, I'm going to be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't care if you like it. Exact same discussion in my household. <laughs> So I, I expect him, I mean, that's mutual. I, I, if he says, gosh, I really don't like the way that particular style of outfit looks on you. It doesn't accentuate your, mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to him because I want him yeah. looking at me and I know he doesn't like it when I cut my hair short. So it's very mm-hmm. long because that's what he likes in it. And I like it too. Yeah. And I like to look good for him. Mm-hmm. But if he tried to, I mean, that'd be a whole different yeah. discussion but he would if he tried to micromanage my lipstick color then that's yeah, a, that's be, an issue but an issue yeah i mean i married him because for multiple reasons but also because i like the way he looked exactly and it's the same yes. thing with him and so like i don't want to buzz cut like gi jane my hair and then get mad at him for being shocked at that <laughs> makeover because okay. like that's not what he married yeah. i knew that wasn't his you know, preferred hairstyle on women. Mm. And so, you know, I'm not going to do it. He does like longer hair every now and again. I get the itch to cut my hair. I warn him that I'm going to do it. I don't never cut my hair short, but I don't keep it short for long. So he knows it's my phase that I go through every couple of years and he gets over it. Yeah. Well, and I guess here to rebut, you said that the left is kind of going crazy about all of this. But they're going crazy because it's like it's setting women's rights and feminism back. But so see, f- I disagree with that because I think when I was growing up in the 80s, mm-hmm. my understanding of women's rights and what that meant is as a woman, you get to choose mm-hmm. what you want. What you want. Mm-hmm. And that if you want to be a career woman, which I did, then you have that right. But if you want to be a stay-at-home mom and a, and a ha- homemaker and and that's your role and then you damn it you get to do that too mm-hmm. and so to to tell women that they can't do that is just as belittling and telling them as telling them that they can't have a career so it mm-hmm. it's both ways i mean when i was in medical school and you know it was i was a minority among my anesthesia colleagues when i got out i mean we were percent, I think, of the population. I would be willing to bet if you went back to med school now, the percentage of women in med school today is much higher than when you were in med school. Oh, for sure. So when I was in medical school, I graduated in 2000. I think that very next year, the class behind us was, I think, close to 50-50. Mm-hmm. And there's actually some classes where the women mm-hmm. are a dominant percentage. And there there's fields now where it's majority women studying um, certain uh, specialties of medicine and you know but I mean I kind of was into the I was one of the first classes where it wasn't 90% men um, but that's just reality and you get over it and you move forward and you don't but yeah 
Yeah. Well, I've always told Darcy, cut your hair whatever you want to. She did come home with one hairstyle that we both agree is the worst one ever, and we've never done that again, right? It's like, Dad, no, not that one again. But she didn't like forbid a, her for No, that. she wanted to, I would have learned to live with it, but we were, she knew that it was like, yeah, I, she came home and said, I don't think I like this either. And I was like, okay, now that you don't like it, I don't like it either. But that was just one time out of 30-some years. So well, I yeah. think there's a difference between choosing to take that role in a marriage mm-hmm. right and in the in the realm of partnership of a husband and wife and you say listen i'm gonna fill this role because this is what works best for me what i want to do and I'm, i want you to do this role versus um being demeaned and told like you must do that yeah. that is your you know that i think that's a whole different thing there if you're yeah. making the choice and that's what you choose to do. I mean, the joke was, and I knew I knew women who literally their plan on why they were in the job they were in. Um, I knew nurses that would work in a certain area of the hospital mm-hmm. to meet their future doctor husband, and oh, they absolutely. would openly tell you, like, "I'm here to find a husband and marry a doctor, and that is my goal." Mm-hmm. Okay, there were nurses that had you know? bets as to who were mm-hmm. going to get my dad. And we found this out because my dad was completely clueless about their machinations. And so these girls, he's like, man, the nurses are sure are friendly in this hospital. And it turns out there was two nurses trying to compete as to who would get him to cheat on my mom first. And it was probably, it was months and months into this whole thing. And one of the older nurses pulled my mom aside and said, your husband loves you a lot. And my mom's like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, you don't seem to understand, like, these two women have had a bet trying to sleep with their husband, and he doesn't give them a second glance. And my mom talked to my dad about it. You didn't tell me these nurses were doing this. My dad's like, I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's completely oblivious to it. What nurses? We have nurses in this hospital? And then he started realizing, oh, that's why they wanted to know what I wanted for Christmas. Yeah. And, like, wanted to know when my that birthday was. Like, yeah. that answers some questions. Suddenly the light bulb went off. Exactly. Right. I gotta say, I'm jealous of you being, you know, one out of ten in your female to male. Because I went to college with eight girls to every guy. Oh wow! And that was yeah. Well, my medical school class that was a thing. It was like being a nurse at your dad's hospital. No, <laughs> no because they had just a ton kidding. of guys to choose from, yeah. and our boyfriends, they weren't sending their best, folks. It yeah. was whoever was there. Talk. They weren't sending their best. <laughs> Did you get Trump that line? Is that where you got that from? Uh, yeah, some, I was yeah. in New York. Yeah, so, they you know. weren't sending their best. Yeah. All right, so it is our official Friday on a Thursday mm-hmm. show. So we have trivia. You guys ready for a little trivia? Let's do we it. We need some trivia. Okay. And all kinds of like women's history teed up too. And I was like, <laughs> nah, we'll just do the regular stuff. And if we get to that, we get to it. I did take a women's history test. I got six out of 10. So I did fail. <laughs> and I want six you to know, and I want you to know out of the six answers that I got right, I knew two. The other four were complete guesses just by looking at the names and figuring out the age and where that name should fit in. <laughs> oh so, yeah, it wasn't so, like I knew all the answers. You aren't going to be the next spokesperson for Tampax or Nike Women's? No, no, I'm not. They have not contacted me. Uh, unknown if Mark they contacted State. anybody on the morning show, but I haven't asked them. <laughs> I love making fun of the morning show. I can't wait to come back to read the Jerry Springer line at the end of the show, too. All right, so a Michigan school district is facing a lawsuit for forcing students to remove sweatshirts that said this. So what was on the sweatshirt that the school district said you can't wear 
and the kids are now suing because it violated their First Amendment rights. Yes. When was it? Uh, it was. It's. They probably did it in 2020. Um, no, it's actually. Uh, it was either in 2021 or 2022. It was after that because of what the saying was happened after 2020. All right. Mm. All right, Steph. Uh, well, I guess because you said 2020, so it may be something related to Trump. So I'm going to guess that there was some sort of Trump reference on the sweatshirt. Right, so I'm going to guess that there was a BLM reference on the sweatshirt. No. All right. You guys are both close. All right. It is controversial, and it is more kind of a, it's like, let's go Brandon. Uh, they were wearing let's go Brandon sweatshirts, and the school district was, was offended. Um, it's in Michigan. Interesting. Um uh, I would have guessed Michigan, Michigan. would be a well, let's go Brandon. What happened in Michigan? Uh, it's in the Western District of Michigan Southern Division, but it doesn't say exactly where it is. Um, it really doesn't. It does not give a name on, of where it is. Okay. All right. All right. So a Georgia school. Georgia school. Georgia school is ordered to pay how much money in legal fees to reinstate a concerned mother and teacher who was wrongfully fired? She did not like the course subject for her kindergarten child. She complained about it. They locked her out of the school computer. They eventually fired her. She sued. She's getting her job back. And how much money? I'll say $1.2 million. $3 million. Uh, $181,000. Oh. It's Georgia. They don't have that much money. Well, I mean, you know. It's Georgia. Wait, I should have asked, was she conservative and she got fired, or was she a Democrat and she got fired? Because that affects she, she, Yeah, you should have. It was a, she, it was a great follow-up question. Uh, by the dollar amount, you know she was conservative. <laughs> yes, because a Democrat true. would have definitely gotten three point something million dollars. Right, Pete so ch- gave us a tip in the comments. If Mike's asking the question, it's always a Trump reference. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Pete. I'm just glad you're still watching after what I said earlier. (laughs) All right, so the Democrats, uh, Chuck Schumer wants to reintroduce some legislation that was introduced. It was a hot topic during the 70s and 80s. It failed uh, to be ratified uh, by a number of states, and so they're trying to reintroduce it. So what legislation is Chuck Schumer trying to reintroduce, and I think it's ahead of the 2024 election, to get Democratic voters to go to the polls? Oh, my goodness. It was, pa- it was passed in the 70s. You were alive in the, in the 70s. It was a big political item. It had to pass a certain number of states, and it didn't within a seven-year time period. It failed by two states. So it's an amendment. It's an amendment to the Constitution. It was all over the place in the 80s. You couldn't watch anything. They had signs everywhere. At every Democrat convention, there was a sign for this. At every single one. In fact, there's already two. Right now, two of our listeners have got the point. I'm going to have to start a separate line item for these two. I'm not listening. All I can think of. I wasn't watching that stuff. We now have three listeners that have the correct answer. Fairness doctrine? That's all I can think of. What do you got? I got nothing. The ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. Oh. Is getting so right now. Melissa, Bobby, and Barbara Jean are all tied with Amanda. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you better, Steph. You better step up your game. I, I, I said something about Trump reference. That's what's going <laughs> <No>. on. <laughs> it is, but it isn't. I'm, so it's adjacent. Right. It's adjacent. <laughs> it is Trump adjacent. All right. So uh, you should know the answer to this question. Oh God! Now he's sitting. What Caribbean island? And I think you're going first this time. What oh, Caribbean God. island? As the FBI issued a dire warning that Americans thinking of traveling should not go to because crime is skyrocketing 
Kidnappings are up 300% on this Caribbean island. Okay. I'm going to say Haiti. You? You just came back from the islands. I'm not. Do you not read the bulletins where you go? I do, but I'm not in that island, Haiti. Um... Yeah, I would think Haiti and Dominican Republic, which is the same island. Yes. Um, it is Haiti. Yeah. It is a 300%. I, I, first of all, I'm trying to figure out how there's that many more people that are in Haiti to be kidnapped. It's not like Haiti has gotten any better in any year that I've been alive. No. Well, I mean, so Haiti has only gotten go worse. just to do mission work and stuff. You don't really go to vacation in Haiti. You go to the DR. Yeah. But that's also an area where you have to read the bacterial load report for the ocean before you get in the water, just to warn you. That's how much yeah. like sewage and things is in the well, water. Well, I know that I follow an organization people, but um, that works with foreign governments to try and stop child trafficking. And I know a lot of children that are kidnapped here are taken to Haiti to be trafficked. Oof. And so I'm wondering if that stat involves that because yeah. that there's markets there mm-hmm. that this organization has raided in the past and has been trying to shut down for years. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's so cl- I mean, it's the, all those island chains are so close to the U.S. that it mm-hmm. is. We went by Haiti in the DR. We did not stop. Was I hope one of you was uh, was riding shotgun during that time period. <laughs> no comment. Yes, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, next question. So in Farmington, Connecticut, the owners had a trampoline in the backyard. They looked out and saw what animal, animals, was an entire group of them on the trampoline. In which state? Farmington, Connecticut. I'm going to go Connecticut. with bear. Mm, bears, Connecticut. I'm thinking... It's got to be either bears or raccoons. What are you going with? I want to go. I want to go with bear. It is bears. <laughs> it was bears on the trampoline. There's a phenomenal. See, see, look how happy they are. Look how happy see, they are. That's look, a lot of bears. That's a lot of. That's like four, five bears. It's like five bears on there. That's either a couple of bear families or one very tired bear mama. She's like, look, I am tired of taking you guys. Go to the trampoline. Yeah, exactly. I am tired of feeding you. We're going to the trampoline. I can't walk you through one more field. We're stopping at the trampoline. trampoline. (laughs) Yeah, and and right now, I mean, I got to tell you, um, Barbara Jean has two, Bobby has two, Melissa has two, Amanda has three, and Steph has two. Right now, the and and you guys have two point two because. All right, so in Michigan, this animal jumped through the window and was jumping on the family bed when the homeowners opened the door to see what the ruckus was. So what animal in Michigan? In Michigan? Yep. Oh, Tim has two, he says to. Tim, you got to be quicker on the thing. Yeah. Is it me? Yeah. I think it's also bear. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go with deer. It is a deer. All right. It is a deer. We are now tied at the top. Know my animal trivia, man. Man, there's like, everybody's like, (laughs) our listeners are like the smartest people. Well, I'm thinking Detroit. There's like bears walking down the streets in Detroit. So maybe there's a bear theme. (laughs) There's nobody else safely walking down the street in Detroit. I mean, I'm honestly. All right. So you guys are both tied. We got about three or four minutes. This is going to be the last question. All right. All right. So we're going to figure this out now. And it's a money question, so there's no way. Who's going first on this one? Uh, I think I'm it's up. You. Okay, you're up. Okay. So Robert Kraft owns a $43 million mansion, right, in, in New England. 
right? He has been arguing with with the town where he lives and has this mansion about building an elevator. Okay? <laughs> so they want him to build the elevator on the exterior of the house. He wants to build it on the interior of the house. Uh-huh. It's less expensive if he builds it on the interior. So he, he's and having... Less prone to the elements. It is, but he wants it on the outside because it doesn't impact the inside. Now, here's a guy who says, I have knee problems. I have all these issues. I need the elevator. And they're like, you played 18, round, you played 18 holes of golf 17 days in a row. Uh-huh. We find it hard to believe that your knees are killing you that much. How That's much why is, his knees hurt. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. How much are they projecting the exterior elevator would cost on a $43 million mansion? So the exterior elevator is more expensive than the interior, yeah. Because you got to build a whole wall around it and some other yeah, things. Well, you are the contractor, yep. you would know. Yes, I'm trying to help you out with the answer, but I'm not telling you any dollar All right. Well, if, if A.D. Davis Construction... Is <laughs> $50 billion! <laughs> a good billion dollars! Um, no. Uh, I'm going to say $2 million. Amanda? I, I think that it's more than that. Two point four seven million. Wow. Two and a half million dollars to build an elevator. Dude. To build an elevator. Well, it's in Connecticut, right? It is. So yeah, you yeah. probably have to hire you got to hire labor union, union workers. Yeah. Yes. Who can don't have to work more than like what, labor six union hours guys had to unload it off the truck. Yeah, you can't have anybody. And, and then a different unions stuff. actually bring it, the masonry union. Exactly. And he's claiming a medical disability under the uh, Disabilities Act that he has to have it. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. You gotta love it when they bring government. Yeah, that's awesome. You gotta love that. Listen, you guys in the audience were amazing today because you were in this thing until the very end. Steph, congratulations on winning. Amanda, thanks for getting dressed up. No, you won. I won. You did. You did. <laughs> I you got did. the elevator. I, I, did, had, I didn't write it down. That's my fault. Congratulations for winning. You got dressed up to win today. Yeah. You came so ready happy. to win. You were not slumming it today. And we have a Young Life event uh-huh. to go to. We, we have do. trivia tonight at Young Life with all of our families, which is going to be super fun. Um, you guys have a great weekend. Um, enjoy everything. We'll have some great guests uh, next week as well. Thanks for coming back Absolutely. on the show. Absolutely. Love it. All right. This is uh, the Mike Davis Show. And one last time, in honor of Jerry Springer, (laughs) Pete Melfi, the results are in. And the morning show is a spinoff of Uncommon Ground. Have a great weekend, everybody.